Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. So it's the season of Advent. Do you all know what Advent is? Not sure. Okay. Kind of a a general silence. Like, I don't know what Advent is. Okay. Advent is a, um, comes from a Greek, or I mean a Latin word, Adventus. Does anyone remember what it means? Wow. Blaze knows. You know it means arrival? Did you know that? So Advent is a season of celebrating. Actually, it's a season four weeks before Christmas where people that follow Jesus, Yeshua, Messiah, Christ around the world take some time to be preparing their hearts in thinking and worshiping, preparing their hearts for God's arrival into their lives. And so, and there's like three arrivals that we think about. We think about the arrival of Jesus that we celebrate on Christmas Day, of course. We think about his second coming, the arrival in the future when he promises to come back and consummate his kingdom and make all things new. And we think about his arrival on an ongoing basis, day to day, as his kingdom, his rule and reign breaks into our lives, as his presence is experienced by us, which some of you may have even experienced this morning. I did. You, you did? Yeah. <laughs> Michelle said, I almost feel drunk. Yeah. So, what, and some of you didn't have that experience. Some of you did. What she's talking about is when, well, there's all sorts of places this could happen. The presence of God is around everywhere, right? He's all everywhere present. But yet he makes his presence specifically or especially um, known and experienced often when people that follow and worship him gather together. And in my experience this morning, somewhere around halfway through our time of singing to the Lord, actually about, it was maybe 20 minutes into it, I, I mean, it was very particular for me, it felt like there was a veil that just got torn open and suddenly it be, there was a sense of the God's presence filling the room, or at least where I was. And that's what she's talking about. Um, the breaking in of God's presence. Should I move where my mic is? is it, did I do it wrong? Like, should I go like this, like I do, like that? You happy? Microphones are weird. Did you see the difference? Watch this. Here to here makes a huge difference. Isn't that weird? Technology. Thank you for the tech guys for figuring that stuff out. I have to figure out, am I going to sound good or am I going to be distracted by this thing that looks like a fly landing on my face? Happy medium. Anyway, Advent, Adventus, a season of four weeks celebrating, thinking about, preparing our hearts for the arrival or the, um, the coming of a very important person or event, the coming of Jesus. And, you know, Christmas, we celebrate that. Around the world, followers of Jesus will lean into four themes. They'll talk about hope. They'll talk about peace joy and love and each week people around the world will be thinking about one of those themes all um, experiences that go together with the inbreaking or the arrival of god's presence in our lives and our world hope joy peace and love i probably got the order wrong and i printed out for you just yesterday a little devotional booklet that you got handed when you came in 
And this is for you during the next month just to have somewhere in your house. And there'll be a theme for every week. And during the next month, I would encourage you to just read the little devotional, spend some time before the Lord and experience his presence and prepare your heart for the inbreaking of God's presence in your life. Sound good? In fact, it's called inbreaking the kingdom come at Christmas. So today's theme is going to be hope, and I'm going to every week for Christmas, I'm, I mean, for Advent, I'm planning on speaking with us, opening the word, and talking about one of the themes, hope, joy, peace, and love. Sound good? Okay. You know what? Let me just ask the Lord's help right now in presence. Father, we, um, we believe in your presence. We believe you are near to those who seek you, and we're seeking you. So we're asking for your presence upon us, that we would know and experience your nearness, your touch, your voice, your healing, your heart. Be with us as we open your word and think about your arrival, when we think about hope and what it means. Please speak to us today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, you know what I also, I just want to make a comment. Um, what we just experienced with Sharon. Thank you, Sharon, for helping us focus our hearts on our missionaries. Could you, what I was just experiencing was so much is going on in one family's life. A family who were living in Southern California and a guy who was given a free education by his his grandfather to be a surgeon and he could be right now living the rich life driving an expensive car just you know enjoying the fruits of money and he felt like the Lord called him to give his life to serving in an area where there are very poor people with huge needs and very little hope so he has raised a family in Kenya Africa to be a light in somewhat of a dark place, especially with all the sickness and disease he deals with. And, and then because of relationship, now there's a crowd of people in Oceanside thinking about and praying for that family. And it's kind of profound. And then I th was thinking, multiply that, like for us, tenfold. Back on the back wall is uh, pictures of, I think it's 10 missionary families we support with our prayers with sometimes writing of letter, they come and visit us. We certainly raise money to help them do what they need, buy things like a new endoscope, you know, or whatever that word was. You guys, you're awesome. <laughs> and it's, 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 I just think it's so profound and important for us to, to not even take it for granted that we are part of a family that's caring for people who are impacting the globe. It's really remarkable. And take it seriously. You know, give your time, your prayers. Take that prayer bulletin. Look at those. I think each one of these is a, is a very complete story of people who need our prayers and support as they take the light of the gospel of Jesus around the world. It's, it's just really cool. And I, even, I know many of you around here are doing the same thing in your city, in your area. You're bringing light. And it's just good to be in family with you. So thanks for taking the time to to pray today with, with Sharon and, and all of us for um, Stacy and Rich and family. Okay, so back to Advent. I called, I called this series, Advent, 
a season of expectation. And words often evoke emotions. And I'm curious what you feel when you say or hear the word expectation. In fact, you might just kind of quietly say expectation. And then tell me what, 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 what emotions do you feel when you say the word expectation? Did you, who said what? You say excitement when you say expectation. Okay, I like it. <laughs> oh. oh, interesting. In recovery, Michelle just said, if you have expectations, you might end up with resentment. So you, you reduce the expectation so you're not disappointed. Is that the idea? Okay. Yeah, interesting. It's a low bar. Okay. What, what else? Hope. Did someone say hope? When you say the word expectation... You feel hope. Okay, I like that. Anticipation. Anticipation. Any others? Excitement. Excitement. Okay, so most of us are not thinking resentment. We're thinking (laughs) hope, excitement, anticipation. And that's my experience too. Expectation, it's it's interesting because the word um, doesn't necessarily mean something positive. You could be expecting disaster, right? You could be expecting, you know, loss. You, you, in fact, some of you do expect, you're so negative, you expect everything's going to go bad, and you're thinking those, those people that are happy just are ridiculous optimists, and well, they get into reality. <laughs> so then that would be me. I'm the optimist. Um, expectation seems to be positive in general. And that's what I want to lean into for us as a family for this next month, a positive, like faith-filled, expectation sounds like faith, sense of energy at the potential of God's inbreaking into our lives with some certain positive things like hope, joy, peace, and love, and all those are combined in the truth of the good news about Jesus, right? You will... If you enter into life with Jesus, you will experience hope, you will experience joy, you will experience peace, you will experience love, and um, today we'll just be focusing on, on hope. Um, there's, I think I said this, but I'll just emphasize it now. There are sort of three hopes, or three arrivals, they go together, that we focus on right now that help build us into the experience of hope. So we look back and remember and celebrate God has fulfilled his promises. He promised a Messiah would come. And Jesus, Yeshua, was the answer. He fulfilled the promises. And on the day that we call Christmas, with somewhat of a surprise, but not too much of a surprise if you knew the Hebrew prophecies, A baby was born who was God's Messiah, and hope came. But we also have, because of the faithfulness of God's fulfilling past promises, a look forward to a day when Jesus says, I'm going to come a second time, and at that time, I'm going to make everything new. And that fills us 
with tremendous hope. And we're going to read some scriptures about all of these things. And then, as I said, the third hope is his inbreaking today. So I want to first, we're mostly going to look at just some, some scriptural passages from the, from the Bible, which has the potential to fill us with an experience of his presence and his hope. Um, this is a, a passage that I'm going to read now from Isaiah, who was a Jewish prophet who prophesied in Israel in the 8th century B.C., about 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And he wrote a big, it's a big book of prophecy. He was speaking to present issues and future issues. He's quoted all the time in the New Testament, especially by Jesus. Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah probably more than anyone else in the Bible. But here is a sense that you could feel of expectation before Jesus was born and the people in Israel at the time of Jesus' birth that were paying attention to their own scriptures would be hearing these words. So Isaiah's prophecy, I'm going to read from the, his, the ninth chapter, but he starts by talking about how Israel has turned their backs on God at the time and judgment is coming against them via the nation of Assyria. He prophesies bad times are coming, people, but God hasn't forsaken us and he's going to restore us. And he says this in the midst of talking about a dark situation. He says, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles. And of course, you know, if you know the stories, Jesus and all the disciples were from Galilee, and the prophecy was fulfilled. Um, where am I? Galilee of the Gentiles. By the way of the sea along the Jordan, I love these next words. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You, God, have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. Hear the hopeful words here, right? Expectation. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing their plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, talking about a miraculous experience of another um, story of Israel when um, there was a really dark kingdom attacking them uh, named Midian, and they were defeated miraculously. As in the days of Midian defeat, you shatter the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulder, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning. And others, all the instruments, instruments of war that were designed to oppress us and hurt us and destroy us will just be in the fire. It will be taken away. It will be ruined. It will be destroyed. For, and here's the prophecy specifically about the coming Messiah, which was unusual because this king is a child. For to us, a child is born. And this you hear at Christmas all the time. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. The kingdom of God, the reign and rule of God will be upon this Messiah's shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom and establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this accomplish this. So that was a word that gave the people hope as they look forward and we look backward to the birth, the, the um, advent, the arrival, the coming of our Messiah, Jesus Yeshua. Now, in the New Times, the New Testament, you know there's this guy named Saul or Paul 
who wrote much of our New Testament, he, he was also a Jewish Pharisee. Pharisees were kind of an elite group of Jewish um, young boys and then men who were raised to study the Torah, the, the Word of God. By the time Paul was probably five, he probably had the first five books of Moses memorized. They were raised to love and learn. Paul was taught at the hands of one of the most preeminent um, rabbis, Gamaliel, in his time. So he was raised in the Hebrew Scriptures, and he was an anti-Christian at one point, killing these new, this new sect. But then he encountered Jesus, and it was like light came into him. And he realized he was going the wrong way. He turned and started realizing and writing and studying that all the things he'd been studying about the prophecies of the coming Messiah were fulfilled in Jesus. And he, one of his letters to the church, or actually to one of his leaders, a guy named Titus, he writes these words. How are you guys doing, by the way? Sometimes I say a lot of words and I think, whoa, what if I just went... You know, um, Charlie Brown, when the teacher starts sounding like, wah, 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 wah. I never want to do that to you. <laughs> so sometimes I check in. Am I mwah, mwah? No, okay, good. So Paul, that guy, he's writing. He writes to Titus, a leader that he sent out to the island of Crete. And he says this in the middle of his letter. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. That's Christmas. Jesus has come. It teaches us to say, the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled lives upright and godly in this present age. That's the continuous presence of God in our lives. That's the second hope. And then the third hope, while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. I love how in one little sentence, Paul has gone to the past, the present, and the future. But he calls the second coming of Jesus the blessed hope. And you, it wouldn't take long for you to think about the fact that we have, in our culture at least, an epidemic of hopelessness, especially among young people. Young people, the majority of young people in our country right now don't have hope that tomorrow could be better than today. And I think possibly one of the main causes of hopelessness is the placing of hope in things that are not a good hope. The placing of things that are a false hope. But if you put your hope in that which is a true hope, you will not be hopeless. You might end up being optimistic like me. And I'll try to describe that more fully. But Paul just gave us a clue. The blessed hope of Christ's return. Uh, and I just would, you know, would say sort of in passing, it's possible that right now there's a young person somewhere in our country, I'm sure there is, who is watching a TikTok video or a YouTube video on a over $1,000 iPhone while sipping a caramel macchiata $5 latte 
being told by the TikTok video, your life sucks, it's terrible, and it's never good any better. And they're going, yeah. Unaware that they're living in absolute luxury, more than anyone ever before them has, and their life actually is really good, but they're believing a lie. Uh, which makes me say this other thing that I've said many times, but I want to just slip it in here. This is a little pearl of wisdom that I don't know where it came from. Can't know if I can't remember if I read it or it came to me or what. But here's something I want to encourage you always to do. Think about what you think about and don't believe everything you think. Think about what you think about and don't believe everything you think. If you are hopeless as you're sipping your caramel macchiato latte, watching TikTok videos on your $1,000 iPhone. Think about what you're thinking about and why you are thinking that life is so terrible. And then don't believe everything you think because maybe life isn't terrible and maybe there is hope. And then, with that in mind, think about what I just read to you from Isaiah. Uh, another quote, um, you know, I always quote to you this guy named Dallas Willard, who I just find his books and read them, is all I'd say. A really wonderful philosopher and theologian. I just read a quote from him this week that said this, the ultimate freedom we have as human beings is the power to select what we will allow or require our minds to dwell upon. Now take that what you will allow or require your minds to dwell upon. Think about what you think about. Don't believe everything you think. And bring it back to what I just read from the, God, from the Bible. Where Paul said, we are waiting in this present evil age for the blessed hope, the arrival of Jesus. And I want to tell you that if your hope is in that, you will be optimistic. Now, let me just ask you, how often do you think about the second coming of Jesus? Is that on your mind? Do you imagine that? If you do, you'll be excited. Now, the first Christians who were living in a really rough time of the first century had a word that they would say to each other almost as a secret password to know if you were another Christian because there weren't many of them and they were getting killed off. They would say the word Maranatha. Anyone remember that word, Maranatha? It's an Aramaic word. That means, it means the Lord has come, and it also means, oh, Lord, come. So they'd walk up to each other and say, Maranatha. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, ends, or writes in there, Maranatha. And it was just a common phrase, Maranatha. We used to say this in the, oh, 40 years ago. There was a Maranatha music group. It, there were songs about Maranatha. It's kind of lost its, its cultural um, currency. But Maranatha. Maranatha. It's about hopefulness. Okay, so let's read another hopeful passage from this same prophet Isaiah about the second coming of the Messiah. We, that's what we understand now. They didn't understand that at the time. He describes this. The wolf will lie down with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. He's describing a situation where the one that's typically the strong oppressor and the one that's typically the weak oppressed, the, 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 the prey and the predator, 
are having a meal together and everyone's getting along. There's a tremendous peace. You know, the, the terrorists and the terrorized are sharing a meal together in this future age. The cow will feed with the bear, more of that. The young will lie down together, their young will lie down together. So a cow and a bear are not only hanging out, their children are hanging out. <laughs> Uh, the infant will play near the hole of a cobra, and the young child will put his hands in viper's nest. They, viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I read those, and I think, if that's true, I've got hope. And that's related to Christmas and Advent and the inbreaking of God's kingdom then and in the future and now. And I hope you can start to feel that and see that while we're in a month of expectation. Here's another one. Isaiah, again, who wrote so much about the Messiah and the coming age. He says, on this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples. He's a prophet writing with poetic language. He's talking there about death. Death will be destroyed. The sheet that covers all nations, he will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Like Maranatha, Lord has come. Maranatha, oh Lord, come. We trusted in you. You've saved us before. Trusting in you now. Save us in our present situation. We're trusting in you to bring ultimate salvation to this world. Maranatha, Lord, come and heal our land and heal our lives. We're praying for that, for that the friend of, of Rich and Stacy. We just were brought to that where the man has a brain tumor. That's what we're doing right there, saying, Lord, let your kingdom come. We've seen you do it before. We've seen brain tumors healed. We've seen the dead come back to life. We've seen you know, people with every kind of illness touched. And you don't always do it, but sometimes you do it, and we're begging you, do it now. And if you don't do it, bring comfort then so we can go through the difficult pain. But be present with us. That's this prayer. Maranatha. Here's another one, another passage of Scripture. This is in the end of the Bible, the New Testament. Another language of the coming day. The blessed hope. We're talking about hope today. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, John, the friend of Jesus, who's now in vision, he's like an old man. Jesus has already been born. He's already gone to the cross for the sins of the world. He's already died like he promised he would. He's already raised from the dead like he promised he would on the third day. History, bearing evidence of the faithfulness of God to fulfill his promises. This is John. Uh, Jesus has already ascended to heaven. He's poured out the Holy Spirit. It's, you know... Oh, the, probably the 60s of, of you know, the first century. He writes, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be there with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Now, so we're talking about hope. 
talking about what Paul said was the blessed hope. I want you to know that it's appropriate, it's expected, it's normal Christianity for Christians to think about and dream about the return of Jesus and to pray, Maranatha, oh Lord, come quickly, then and now. And when you do and you trust in God because you've experienced his faithfulness, in the, has anyone experienced the faithfulness of God? You have. So I'm not alone in this. Like, has he at times rescued you out of impossible situations? He has? Has he ever healed you? Have you ever been hopeless and thought, I do not know how I'm going to get through this week, and you're like dying, and you're calling your friends, pray with me, I don't know how I'm going to get through this problem. And you pray, and that week is now in your history, and you got through it, and God showed up. His presence arrived, Advent. He broke in. This is the word of God. We can have faith and hope for the future because our faith is in the promises of God who has shown himself faithful in our past. We look to the past, we look to the future, and we experience the present, and it's powerful. Um, where was I? <laughs> oh, hope. A definition from Dallas Willard again. Hope is the anticipation of good yet to come. It's not wishful thinking, but it's based on the promise and the person of God himself. The anticipation of good yet to come. So here's a quote I found um, by a guy named Eugene Peterson who wrote, who did the translation of the Bible. It's called The Message. Anyone ever read The Message? So I never found the source of this, but I found him quoted in the sermon of another dude named John Mark Comer. I love to not plagiarize, so I'm telling you where I found this. But this is Eugene Peterson who says, Hope is not about the future. Hope is about the present. It obviously has to do with the future, but it's a virtue which is cultivated in the present. It fills the present with energy. It connects the two comings of Jesus so that we now participate in them. We're not just remembering the one, Christmas, and believing in the other, the second coming. We are participating in the continuity of the comings. I love that language. Right now, you today, if you're a follower of Jesus and you are on mission with him to bring his goodness to your world, to bring his freedom to those that are oppressed, to bring his food to the hungry, to bring his hope to the hopeless, you know, you're walking with Jesus and you're a light in a dark place, you are living in the continuity of the comings of Jesus. Do it more. Do it with vivacity. Do it with expectation. Do it with hope, especially in this season of Advent. It's why we pray this prayer almost in every difficult situation. Jesus taught us, pray this. Let your kingdom come now on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will come. And we are looking to the past where Jesus has come and brought the kingdom of God and the reign of God and the hope and the joy and the peace and love of heaven to earth, but not in its fullness. With a promise that it will come more in the future, but as we pray, let your kingdom come, it's as if we're reaching into the future and God is with us, inviting us to pray so that the powers and the hope and the dreams of the future are pulled into our present and we experience the right now rule and reign of God. And if you believe that's a potential in your life, you have hope and you won't be feeling like there's no hope, so you might as well just end it all. You begin, no, I know God. He's been good before. He's going to be good again. 
He's been good before, he's going to do it again. And I'm praying that he'll bring the powers of the coming age into the age right now where I am in this present evil age, which is the language we just read from Paul. Okay, so we're almost done. You doing good? Okay. No mwah, 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 mwah. Okay. <laughs> Did you say beep, beep? Is that Roadrunner? Wiley Coyote around. Um, Romans 15, 13. Again about hope. This is how hope works now. Looking to the past and into the future and living it now. He prays a prayer of blessing for the church in Rome that would apply to us today. May the God of hope, which I love as a title for God, the God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with Joy and peace, which is a surprise to me, because if I were going to say, may the God of hope fill you with something, I would have thought the next sentence is going to be, fill you with hope. Did you think that? Maybe you didn't think. But if you were going to think, <laughs> expectation, the God of hope, we ought to fill me with hope. But no, he fills you with joy and peace, and hope is the overflow of the joy and peace that he fills you with. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So now I'm participating in the two comings because I'm putting my trust in the God of hope. And as I put today my trust in the God of hope who has promises for me and has been faithful in the past to fill the promises and I have hope, the anticipation of good that is yet to come for things that I haven't seen yet but I think they're going to come because they're, they're built on the foundation of trust in him. As I trust in him, he fills me with joy and peace so that I may overflow with hope. How? Because I said positive confessions? Because I got rid of negative thinking? Maybe that's part of it, but no, it's much more than that. It's God's present now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to his disciples, and it applies to you and me if you're a follower of Jesus, I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. I'm going to make my home in you. In fact, my father's going to make his home in you. We're going to live in you, and we're going to do it by sending someone called the Holy Spirit so that you never have to be alone. You can always say, I will not fear, for God is with me, and he's with me by the presence of the Holy Spirit. He is with me. I am not alone. So, in my present circumstance, where I might feel hopeless, I hear the blessing that Paul prayed over the Romans. For me right now, may the God of hope, it's his very title, fill me today with joy and peace as I'm trusting in him, his faithfulness and his promises. So that I will not only have hope, I will overflow with hope, which means I'm going to be a hope bringer and a hope giver to others around me. I'm overflowing with hope because I have joy and peace, and it came from the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. And that's good words right there. <laughs> that's really encouraging. Expectation. Do you feel it right now? Expectation. Of hope because of Messiah Jesus who has come, who is coming, and who will come.
He's faithful. Maranatha. 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 In our times together, those of you that come here regularly, come together regularly, know we do something called ministry time, which is where, you know, we've, we've sang together to the Lord. We've had coffee together <laughs> to wake up. We've opened up God's written word. And now we invite his living Holy Spirit to come and minister to us right now. And we invite the Holy Spirit upon us and we pray for each other and the worship band comes and leads us in some worship. We're going to do that right now. So I'm going to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to just rest upon us. And I expect and anticipate that some of you, maybe a lot of you, are going to experience his touch right now. I want to say this, I sensed this earlier, that some of you, at least one of you I thought, and I won't name you, but I think I know who you are. Um, earlier, we're experiencing a drawing and a calling of dedicating your life to the work of God. And you're a young person. And I think it was happening while we were praying for those missionaries. And you sensed a drawing. I want to give my life to serve people in the name of God. And if, the, if I'm hitting the nail on the head right now, and you're thinking, I think he's talking about me, I'd love for you to come and have someone, there are going to be some people up here, pray over you and pray into that. And there'll be more, I think. So just open yourselves up to the Lord. Whatever that means for you, I, bow your head, raise your head. Raise your hands, lower your hands. Stand up, sit down. Whatever it fits for you, okay? Open yourself up to the Lord as I pray. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and rest on your people. We wait for you, Lord. I think possibly there's someone in here or someone's in here who the Holy Spirit is saying about and to you, I am erasing the lie of hopelessness in your life. Hopelessness is not from me and it's not true. You've been thinking hopeless thoughts and you've been believing them and today I'm erasing those lies and giving you the hope, the blessed hope of my presence now and in the future in your life. If you're someone here and you've been struggling with a sense of despair, defeat, and hopelessness, I might be speaking to you and I want to encourage you to come and have one of these people lay their hands on you and pray over you. I might need some more people to pray too. Holy Spirit, we wait on you. We welcome you. You're, you're welcome in this place as we sang earlier. Let the kingdom of God be upon us. Yeah kingdom of God be upon us. Some of you sense that right then, the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God coming upon you. He is here. It might be that you're also hearing my voice online or, or in the room, and you have never 
yielded, in a sense, bent your knee to God. To say, I want you to be in charge of my life. Maybe you're new to the idea that God has sent his son, Jesus, the Messiah, in fulfillment of all his prophecies, that one would come who would bear our sins upon himself, whose hands would be pierced, whose body would be killed, who would then rise from the dead and bear away all of our sins so that we could have righteousness as a gift from God. That's Jesus. And if you've never submitted your life to him, the Messiah of God, and said, come into my life, I believe you, I trust you, make me new as you've promised, today might be your day, and I would encourage you right now, look to the Messiah and say, I receive you, I trust you, I give you my life, take away my sins, cleanse me and make me new inside, make all things new in my life today, God. That's a prayer you want to pray, maybe you want to get people to pray for you. Okay, now let's stand together as we sort of soft landing end our time. Uh, the band's going to be worshiping, and you're welcome to stay as long as you want and worship and pray and wait before the Lord. There's probably, if, if you're like, you're all done, there's probably donuts and coffee out there. You can go and hang out there. Um, leave as you will. We'll kind of have a soft ending, but may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you rest. May the Lord be gracious unto you. And may you experience expectation in this season of Advent as we prepare our hearts for the arrival of God himself in our lives. Amen. God bless you guys. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.